to another episode of Scary Stories for the Soul. Picture this. You're standing in front of your bathroom mirror. The lights are off, there are a few candles burning around you, and there's enough light in the room to illuminate your surroundings, but definitely not enough to stop the nagging feeling of being watched in the dark. You can hear your friends on the other side of the door giggling and maybe one of them calls you a chicken because they don't think that you're actually going to go through with the dare. You steal yourself against the growing fear inside of you, and you face the mirror. You look deeply into your reflection, and you say, Bloody Mary. Your friends instantly go quiet on the other side of the door. There's quiet all around you. Bloody Mary, you repeat again. Suddenly, one of the candles goes out, and darkness seems to engulf you. It's cold small hairs on the back of your neck stand on end. A shiver creeps down your spine. Sweat begins to bead on your forehead. You just have to say it one more time and then you can go back to eating pizza and watching Katherine Heigl movies with your friends. You just have to say it one more time and then you can tell everyone that you did it and that you weren't scared. You never believed in that stupid urban legend anyway. You did it, and nothing happened, and you can laugh at all of the people who still believe in it. But there's something in you that can't get that last repetition out. There's a voice in your head saying, Stop! Don't! For the love of all that is good, don't say her name! You look into the mirror, and you notice the shadows around you begin to creep forward. There's a mass to them that doesn't look right. It's not natural. Another candle goes out, and then maybe another. Your hands begin to shake. You notice the mirror begin to vibrate just a little, and for a second, you open your mouth, her name on the tip of your tongue. But then you shut your mouth, run to the light switch, and flick it back on. You run out of the bathroom so fast that you ignore the looks on all your friends' faces as they ask, what's wrong? Because for a split second, when you were facing that mirror, about to say her name, the reflection looking back at you wasn't your own, and you weren't going to risk anything coming through. The legend of Bloody Mary is one that has fascinated the world for generations. If you were to bring up the legend to someone in Rhode Island, maybe, I can guarantee you that they would say something along the lines of, oh yeah, that started here, you know. My mom's best friend's cousin's sister went to school with a girl that blah, 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 blah. Then talk to someone in Southern California and they'll tell you the same thing. Maybe a cheerleader at someone's school was dating someone's boyfriend, an aunt's old high school or something like that, and the girl killed herself in a bathroom, or something along those lines. Everyone has a Bloody Mary story to tell, and every story gets more tweaked and twisted than the last. It's an urban legend game of telephone. Even though there are a million versions of the Bloody Mary tale, the original moniker goes to Mary I of England, or Mary Tudor, 
She was given the name of Bloody Mary by the English people because of her violent and bloody treatment of Protestants during her reign as queen. Mary believed in a Catholic England, and she was hell-bent on purifying her lands. She began torturing her Protestant citizens, burning them at the stake in crowded courtyards for everyone to see. She wanted people to see what would happen to them if they didn't turn away from their wicked ways. Many say that the blood of hundreds of Protestant citizens was on her hands, and that when she started to lose her mind later on in life, it was the cries of those dead people ringing in her head that tipped her over the edge and into madness. So, how did we get from a murderous queen to adolescent girls chanting in a bathroom mirror? No one really knows. It seems as though the two Bloody Marys are only connected in name. Folklorists have figured that the first of the Bloody Mary rituals that they could find were the Mary Worth rituals of the 1980s. Supposedly, Mary Worth was a character who was murdered in the woods behind the Pinewood Elementary School in Middleton, Pennsylvania in the late 1980s. To call her ghost, girls visited the bathroom of the school and pricked their fingers with a pin to draw a drop of blood. Then, they pressed two droplets of blood together and say, We believe in Bloody Mary, ten times with their eyes shut. Upon opening their eyes, they look into the bathroom mirror and see the face of Bloody Mary. She was said to have been a young girl with long hair, very pale skin, and blood running down her face from a large cut on her forehead. The cause of Bloody Mary's death is a mystery, and in that gray area is where legends are born. The most common story is that Mary was a prom queen who died in the girl's bathroom after she revealed to her boyfriend that she was carrying his child. The boy, either unwilling or unready to become a father, leaves her to fend for herself. Mary wasn't ready to be a mother. She was really just a child herself, and in a moment of desperation, she took her own life. Another version of the tale says that she was killed by her boyfriend. Mary discovered that he was being unfaithful. She decided to break up with him and, brokenhearted, she took refuge in the girl's bathroom to cry in peace. But the boy had a temper that he had unleashed on her many times before, and he was not going to let Mary walk out of his life without a fight. He followed her into the bathroom where he yelled at her and beat her. He supposedly smashed her face against the bathroom mirror, and when she fell, broken and lifeless on the ground, he realized he had killed her. A coward, down to his core, he fled the bathroom, leaving her on the cold floor for someone else to find. Some people use the Bloody Mary myth as an anti-bullying message. Mary was presumed to be a quiet and mousy young girl who didn't have many friends. She was teased relentlessly and had nobody to turn to for help. The bathroom was her solace, and she often spent time there to be away from people's sneers and bullying. One day, her bullies followed her into the bathroom where they tormented her and beat her. When they were gone and Mary was left alone in the bathroom, she took a look at herself in the mirror and she hated the person looking back at her. The girl in the mirror was weak, she told herself. 
that girl let herself be pushed around. She had no friends, no one to rely on, and saw no end in sight to her suffering. Without giving it a second thought, she put her fist through the mirror, shattering the glass. Mary took a shard of glass and cut her own throat, ending her life. Her body wasn't found for hours after her death, and no one was ever made to pay for what happened to Mary. No one was ever made to feel guilty for what they had done to her. She just faded away into obscurity. Until, that is, she started to exact her revenge. So, how do you play Bloody Mary? Are you one of the brave few that pricked their fingers and spread a little blood on the mirror? Did you light some candles in a dark bathroom and chant her name three times? Or were you the traditional type in that you did it in a school bathroom with your friends giggling behind you? In my opinion, that's the safest way to play. There are bright fluorescent lights blaring down on you and people around you who can help if something truly terrible does happen. Ultimately, what Bloody Mary wants is revenge. She is seeking retribution for all the wrong that was done to her. If you are brave enough, or reckless enough, to call on her, then you have to be prepared for what comes next. Bloody Mary will exact her revenge on you. Some say that she'll appear to you in the mirror, take a hold of you, and drag you into the netherworld with her, never to be seen again. Others say that the mere sight of her in the mirror will cause you to die of fright. My favorite of her revenge schemes is when she appears in the mirror to you, but then promptly disappears. All you get to see is her bloody face smiling back at you before she vanishes. You think you're safe? You think that you might be the only person to ever lay eyes on Bloody Mary and survive. But then, later on at night, when you're looking at yourself in your bedroom mirror, you catch a glimpse of a bloody face and a horrifying smile. It's only for a second, but you know you saw it. The next day, you see her in the bathroom mirror, and then all of a sudden, you're seeing her in every mirror that you pass by. She's everywhere, and there's no escaping her until you slowly lose your mind. You see, it's the slow madness that is her sweetest revenge. Bloody Mary was a rite of passage for every adolescent girl. It showed the others that you were fearless. It showed them that you weren't a wimp. But if you look back at your childhood, do you actually know anyone who played Bloody Mary? Everyone has a story, but who are these girls that played? Where are they now? Are they dead? Or is the mere action of playing Bloody Mary a part of the legend itself? I dare you to play Bloody Mary, my dear listeners. Lock yourself inside of your bathroom, light some candles, turn off the lights and say her name three times in the mirror. Then, you know, get back to me. Do you have the guts to do it? Or are the possibilities too much of a risk for you to take? The story you're about to hear is that of a girl who thought she was brave enough to play this mysterious game. 
she thought she could be the one to set the record straight about what actually happens when you call on Mary's name. But unfortunately for her, that wasn't the case. Greta looked at her reflection in the bathroom mirror and tried her hardest to stifle her laughter. She knew this wasn't supposed to be funny. She was supposed to be scared. And, you know, in the zone. But she couldn't help it. The whole thing was just so stupid. Greta, don't laugh, her friend Lindsay said through the FaceTime call. You said you would take this seriously, her twin sister Kinsey said in the background. I am taking it seriously, Greta shouted back at them, but she couldn't help the smile on her face. It was their idea to have her FaceTime them while she was in the bathroom. They wanted to witness her doing it, but they were obviously too scared to actually be in the bathroom with her. Greta didn't believe in Bloody Mary, so there was no way she was chickening out, but they didn't believe her. She never chickened out of anything. She was Greta the Fearless, or the Reckless, depending on who you asked. Okay, are you ready or not? Because you've been in there for like five minutes and I actually have to pee, Kinsey said into the phone. Greta picked up her phone and faced the camera up her nose. I'm ready, she said. Gross, Kinsey replied. Get me out of your nose and do the damn thing already. Greta giggled and set the phone down so that it was facing sideways towards her. She wanted them to see her. The candles, the mirror, everything. She looked at herself in the mirror, adjusted her contacts lens, fluffed up her curly auburn hair, stuck her tongue out at her own reflection, squared her shoulders, and got serious. She took hold of either side of the bathroom sink and as clearly as possible said, Bloody Mary, into her reflection. Lindsay and Kinsey stopped talking. Bloody Mary, Greta repeated. She looked at herself in the mirror and, for a second, thought she saw her reflection ripple in the glass. The flames from her candles flickered, elongating her shadow against the wall. Well... Lindsay said. Bloody Mary, Greta finished. She held her breath for a second and waited for something to happen. The candles danced, threatened to go out, but ultimately stayed on. She stared into the mirror and watched her reflection ripple. What the hell? She whispered. She extended her hand and touched the mirror, feeling the glass vibrate underneath her fingertips but as quickly as the sensation had come it stopped and Greta was left standing in the bathroom by herself with the cloying scent of sugar cookies permeating the air she smiled again looked at her friends through the phone suck on that she said giving them the finger the girls all laughed and Greta turned off the candles turned on the lights and took one last look at the bathroom before meeting her friends downstairs in the den. She had the unnerving feeling of being watched, but she wasn't going to admit that to anyone. Were you scared? Kinsey asked with a mouthful of popcorn. Greta rolled her eyes at her impressionable friend. No, the whole thing is psychological. If you believe in the Bloody Mary legend, then you'll believe that she'll appear in the mirror. So the whole time you're in the bathroom, you're just psyching yourself out. If you scare yourself in the end, then it's just you. 
It's like hypnosis. If you don't believe in it, it won't work. Okay, psychology major, Lindsay said. Plus, I'm 23, Greta said. I stopped believing in Bloody Mary when I was like 12. Well, I still believe, Kinsey said. My mom said that when she was like 15 or 16, one of her classmates played Bloody Mary in the bathroom by herself, and the next day she had a heart attack right in front of her bedroom mirror. The doctor said she died of fright. Greta chortled. If she played alone, then how do people know she played at all? I don't know. She told her friends after she did it or something. She could have just lied to look cool, Greta replied laughing. She could tell her friends were getting exasperated with her, but the idea that they were all well out of their high school years and still believing in silly urban legends like Bloody Mary, it made her laugh. Ugh, you're such a party pooper, Lindsay said, throwing a piece of popcorn at her. Greta stuck her tongue out at her friend. She caught her own reflection in the television screen and, for a quick second, thought she saw another face staring back at her. But before she could focus too much on it, it went away. A small shiver ran down her spine, but she ignored it and tried to push the thought out of her mind. From the Diary of Greta Mansfield I don't know who to talk to about this, because if I say it out loud, I know that I'll sound crazy. Especially after I gave Lindsay and Kinsey so much crap. It's been three days, and I can't deny that I'm seeing things now. I took a shower the night of the sleepover, and the face looking back at me from the bathroom mirror wasn't my own. The eyes that looked at me weren't mine. I don't know how to explain it, but I knew I wasn't alone in that bathroom. And then it went away, and I didn't want the girls thinking I had cracked, so I shut up about it. Then, the next day when I was brushing my teeth, I spit out the toothpaste into the sink, and it was frothy blood. I looked into the mirror, and my mouth was covered in it. I could taste the blood in my throat. And then I blinked, and everything was back to normal. No blood, no nothing. Just me and my reflection. I don't think I've ever cried so hard in my entire life. The next day, when I was on campus, I stopped to use the restroom before class. I knew I was alone because all the doors to the stalls were open, and when I went to go wash my hands, the lights went out. I was plunged into darkness, and then it got cold, unbelievably cold, and I started hearing muttering coming from somewhere. I know I heard it. It was a girl's voice, but I couldn't figure out what she was saying. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to breathe. And then I felt someone run their fingers through my hair. And I screamed. I grabbed my phone, turned on the flashlight, and there she was. A girl in the mirror. She was my height, with black hair and blue eyes, and her face was covered in cuts and bruises. She had blood running down her face, and when she opened her mouth to smile at me, her teeth were cracked and blood spilled out of her mouth. I didn't know what to do, and before I could think about it, I punched the glass. The lights turned on immediately afterwards, and I just ran out. Last night was the worst, though. I had covered my bathroom mirror and my bedroom mirror and the mirror in my closet. I couldn't get my contact lens out, and I knew that I had to uncover one of them, 
I was going to poke out my eye if I didn't. So I took the bedsheet off my closet mirror and tried to work fast. When I finally got it out, I was searching for my glasses and I couldn't find them anywhere. When I looked into the mirror, I saw the same girl from the bathroom standing behind me. I turned around and she wasn't there, but when I looked back into the mirror, she was standing even closer to me. She put her head on my shoulder and reached over and started playing with my hair. I felt her fingers on my scalp. I felt the weight of her head on my shoulder. I could even smell her. I could smell the scent of decay, of rot, of death. She looked me straight in the eyes and threw my head into the mirror. I went head first and my forehead broke the mirror. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix this. Who do I talk to? What would I even say? Nobody is going to believe me. They're going to think I'm crazy. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm losing my goddamn mind. I just need help. I don't know what to do. I can't live like this. Greta stopped going to school. She stopped seeing her friends and leaving the house entirely. Lindsay and Kinsey tried calling her multiple times, but she never answered the phone. They had no idea what was happening to their friend. One day, someone from the university let slip that Greta had had a mental breakdown and punched a bathroom mirror. After hearing that, they knew they had to go see her. They always believed in Bloody Mary. They couldn't explain it, but they knew it had something to do with the fact that she played. They had to go to her house and figure out what was wrong with her. When they arrived at Greta's house, their worry worsened when they saw that the front door was wide open. Greta lived with her mother as an ER nurse. She wasn't home very much. She was, however, a stickler about leaving windows and doors locked. She was big on security, so they knew something was wrong. The girls let themselves in and walked up the flight of stairs to Greta's bedroom. When they got to her door, they noticed a shadow pacing back and forth inside. Kinsey tentatively knocked on the door and called out to her. Greta? She asked, trying to control the tremble in her voice. Lindsay placed her ear to the door and could hear whispering on the other side. She's in there, she told her sister. Greta? Kinsey asked again. It's Lindsay and, and Kinsey. We're worried about you, hun. Can you open the door? I can't hear what she's saying, Lindsay said. She tried the door, but found it was locked. Greta, Kinsey said more forcefully. Open this door or I swear I'll break it down. You're not real, Greta suddenly shouted from the other side. Greta, it's us. Open the door, Kinsey said. She felt tears beginning to prick her eyes, but she swallowed her sorrow and tried the knob again. Still locked. She and her sister exchanged worried glances and simultaneously rammed the door. They felt it budge against their weight and backed up and rammed at it again. This time, falling through into the room. When they stood up and took in the scene around them, their hands reflexively covered their mouths. Any object that could cast a reflection was blacked out with thick black paint, some of it still wet and oozing onto the carpet. There were thick droplets of blood sprinkling the walls, the bedsheets, the carpet, and the bedpost. 
There were papers strewn all over the floor, pillow stuffing sprinkled everywhere, and cans of paint mounted up against a corner. Greta paced the room, biting at her fingernails and muttering to herself. Every now and then, she would pull out her hair, taking large chunks out of it by the root. Her eyes were bloodshot, and they could tell that she hadn't been sleeping. There were claw marks on her eyes and small cuts around her face. Kinsey and Lindsay stepped towards her, and she looked at them like a wild animal. Greta? They asked together. She squinted at them, trying to focus her eyes without her glasses. And when she realized who they were, she burst into a fit of giggles. She laughed until she was gasping for air, and then that last laughter dissolved into tears. She lunged herself at them, and they braced themselves for violence, but she wrapped herself around them and fell into their arms. "'You were right!' she cried. "'She's everywhere. I see her everywhere. I don't know what to do.' The girls pulled back from her. Kinsey looked around and said, "'Bloody,' but Greta cut her off, covering her mouth with her hand. "'Shh! Don't say her name!' She'll hear you. She's here. She's always here. How do we get rid of her? Lindsay whispered. I don't know, Greta said with a garbled cry. I know how, Kinsey said. They turned to look at her. Well, Mom used to say that what she wants is revenge. But after hearing her story, I don't think that's what she wants. She was supposedly a girl who was bullied so badly that she eventually died. I mean, her bullies killed her in the bathroom, and now she's looking to hurt people because she was hurt. She doesn't care who she hurts, she just causes pain. I don't think she means to be evil. Her soul just got twisted up, and now she doesn't know any other way. So, what if we give her what she wants? Or at least a version of what she wants? So if she doesn't want revenge, her sister asked, what does she want? Justice, she replied. Justice for what happened to her. Blood for blood, Greta said. I know what to do. The girls walked into Greta's bathroom, the same one she had performed the ritual in. They ran hot water over a towel and scrubbed the black paint off the mirror until they could see their reflections staring back at them. They lit some candles and the scent of ginger and cloves quickly filled the air. Greta took hold of her friend's hands, and Kinsey switched off the lights. Ready? Kinsey asked. The girls nodded. Greta reluctantly released her tight hold on their hands and reached into the medicine cabinet for the sewing needle she always kept on hand. They each took turns pricking their fingers until they produced droplets of blood, and together they smeared their blood on the bathroom mirror. Bloody Mary, they called in unison. The room went quiet. It was as if a vacuum had opened in the space, eliminating all sound in the atmosphere. Greta could hear her blood flowing through her veins. Bloody Mary, they called again. The mirror began to vibrate. Greta released a whimper and tears flowed freely down her cheeks. The twins shared panic glances at one another but moved forward. Bloody Mary, they finished together. Greta quickly spoke up. Mary, we call upon you to ask your forgiveness. We're sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for not believing in you, and I'm sorry for what was done to you. We ask that you take our blood as an offering to you, Kinsey said, her voice shaking. Our blood for the blood that was taken from you. 
The mirror stopped vibrating. The girls watched as the blood on the mirror began to swirl and move, lumping together to form words. More blood, it spelled out. Greta let out a whimper and pricked her finger again, smearing more blood on the mirror. It wiggled and moved as if it were alive and joined the rest of the bloody mass which rearranged to spell out more in large letters. The girls each took turns pricking their fingers and smearing blood on the mirror. For hours, they stood in front of the bathroom mirror performing the bloody ritual. Eventually, Kinsey passed out, then Lindsay, and then finally Greta. But as Greta slumped down on the cold linoleum floor and her vision began to blacken, she saw the body of a black-haired, blue-eyed, bloody girl waving at her from inside the mirror. Greta and the twins were found in the bathroom by Greta's mother approximately six hours after they had performed the ritual. They were rushed to a nearby hospital for medical and psychological evaluations, but eventually were let go. They couldn't explain what they were actually doing in the upstairs bathroom because they knew that if they would, no one would believe them. Instead, they just said it was a game of Bloody Mary gone wrong and left it at that. Lindsay and Kinsey never brought up what happened in the bathroom. Greta never spoke about it, and so they figured they would just take her lead. She didn't even write about it in her journal. It was a nightmare that she buried deep into her subconscious, although she never did own a mirror after that. So are you guys going to play? Don't say I didn't warn you, but I am a little bit curious. So do me a favor. If you do decide, make sure you email me at scary stories for the soul podcast 2020 at gmail.com until then stay spooky my friends see ya